0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Heads Talk with me, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to sea level executives, leaders of institutions and heads of multinationals. One of the current topics they talk, we listen. My guest today is the head of the largest and most prestigious think tank in Switzerland. He has spent a number of years in service in the public sector and the conversation ahead will firmly be about Switzerland's direction domestically as well as its position on the global stage it will be an absorbing discussion today on heads talk and i'm looking forward to this episode but before we get into that here's a message from our sponsors this episode is sponsored by bird capital
1: heads talk podcast with your host elaine pringle schwitter
0: dr peter grunenfelder is the head and director of Avignon swiss As mentioned, Avenir Swiss is the biggest think tank in Switzerland and their ideas factory has its focus not on day-to-day policies, rather on longer term goals to close gaps between science, business and politics. On this basis, Avenir Swiss prepares evidence-based analysis on economic and socio-political topics for various events and or articles. Peter assumed the role of director um, in 2006 and has spent his career in the public arena providing services to political parties and cantons in Switzerland. Previously, he was a member of the Executive Committee of the Foundation for Switzerland Cooperation and Secretary General of the Swiss Society of Administrative Sciences. Away from this, Peter has authored a number of papers, contributed to state reforms and democracy development, as well as been a frequent columnist to various Swiss media publications. Not to end here. But he's also a lecturer in the public governance at the University of St. Gallen and has lectured in a number of other universities here in Switzerland and abroad. Let's hear from Peter himself. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Peter to Headstop. Many thanks for being with us today.
1: Hi, Elaine. Thank you very much for the invitation.
0: Thank you. OK, um, let's start with uh, a question about Erdnia Swiss. Presumably it's your own view as well. Um, Let's look at what the think tank stands for, its um, guiding principles and its forward outlook. An introductory question it may be, but an interesting one nevertheless. So why do you think liberal principles will ultimately enhance and secure Switzerland's prosperity and will everyone benefit from this prosperity under the, the umbrella of a liberal society?
1: Oh, definitely, because uh, the reason for uh, the prosperity for, for, for the Swiss people and for <laughs> whole Switzerland are the liberal principles like uh, low taxes, financial stability, legal security, uh, predictability, low regulation, and also uh, this access to open markets. I think these are all elements of, of liberal pr- principles and, and they're created. Prosperity for almost everybody in this country—you know—it's not a legend about Wilhelm Tell that uh, mm-hmm. uh, is 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 uh, the, social, the reason for social cohesion. Is really this widespread prosperity uh, all around
0: Switzerland? All right. So, so in your view, which policy areas in Switzerland are lacking the the liberal ethos?
1: Oh, we see this in my view you now we see this this risky or if not dangerous narratives uh, mm-hmm. you know this uh, to a certain extent is renationalization of thinking of culture uh in the mind of the people mm-hmm. but uh, as i said the, the reason why we are prosperous is especially because we have this access to open markets this this feeling and this 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 uh, motivation for Comp- competition, concert, competition, being competitive, uh, 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 comparing yourself, comparing your business with the, with uh, competitors all around the world, and, and and more and more. What we see, you know, is in this country is status quo oriented. Um, all the, probably this is the reason why we're so prosperous. But mm-hmm. people don't want to move anymore. Uh, politicians don't want to move anymore. They actually administer uh, the present, but they don't look anymore into the future.
0: Mm okay okay so with the next set of questions um i'd like to um broadly and briefly look at switzerland's domestic situation before we go into its relationship with the eu and the rest of the world mm-hmm. um, please tell me what future challenges do you foresee in switzerland that will impact equally on a, a socio-economic and a socio-political level and how is switzerland preparing and planning for this challenge first what are the future challenges
1: uh, within Switzerland, definitely it's a demographic situation, uh, thanks God, we have uh, one of the top life expectancies uh, on a global scale, I mean, uh, we all get uh, at least 85, 86 years old, uh, but it's not solved at all on the political level, you know, the whole pension fund system, mm. that's, that's one of the reasons. A second, a second uh, big challenge we see: um, big government in Switzerland also exists and is expanding, uh, uh, which creates also risk for for taxpayers. Like uh, we have so many state-owned enterprises, um, also especially in the energy market, but also in the in the banking sector with the state-owned uh, banks. Uh, I think there we have uh, we have to to radically we have to. To find some flexible solutions we have to find some liberal solutions be mm-hmm. so, uh, uh, privatization but this is a taboo within Switzerland privatization although it's absolutely mm-hmm. necessary and the third uh, point we already discussed is how do we handle in the future our relationship to the uh, European Union that by far the most important market and we, we also see geopolitical shifts. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this increasing conflict between the United States and, and China. Um, we do good business with both countries, uh, but it is, this conflict is increasing. What it will be the impact on Europe? What will it be the impact on, on, on Switzerland? Uh, so far, uh, the Swiss federal government didn't give a, 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 an answer so far that uh, was convincing.
0: Okay. Um, now this, um, I read somewhere that... This is the case here in Switzerland, and I'd love for you to enlighten my listeners to this piece of information. It's about Swiss public opinion, the current public opinion, versus the, the Swiss politicians. Um, are they contrasting views on the EU or how the EU is seen or received? When you look at the opinions of the Swiss people to that of the Swiss politicians, if yes, why is that?
1: Well, Swiss people, and, and, and it's, it's really a, a lovely asset in uh, my, my home country, this is a country of direct democracy, and then Swiss people are usually very pragmatic, also when it comes uh, about the relation uh, Switzerland towards to the European Union. And so far, I think more than a dozen, more than a dozen referendum or public quotations mm-hmm. and, and in, the, in the vast majority already 90, almost 90% of Swiss people say yes to the bilateral uh, uh, relationship with the European Union. And now we have this institutional framework agreement, uh, the Swiss government said we don't sign it, we, we don't want to go on further with the negotiations. They didn't even uh, allow Parliament uh, to bring in their their voice. And they didn't even uh, allow us Swiss people uh, born in a direct democracy. And we can say yes or no to almost everything, even to uh, the the horns of the Swiss cows. And why are we not allowed uh, to say yes or no to the future relationship with the European Union? This is not in the tradition of direct democracy. Actually, uh, it's not direct democratic uh, government uh, that we actually uh, are used uh, to to okay. uh, to play with
0: okay but, uh, so sticking with the point you that you talked about and let's actually go into some details now moving into switzerland's relationship with the eu you recently t- talked about the the framework agreement i think that was that was may um and and it's collapsed so what scenarios lie ahead what is your preferred strategy that you peter would propose in this impasse
1: well, it collapsed on the government level, uh, and there are um, legal discussions whether it's uh, the competence of the government uh, itself uh, to decide on a, on a, uh, such a heavy topic like that. So mm-hmm. the, I think the discussions will go on. And, and, and to be to be very honest, from an economical uh, standpoint, there wasn't, there is no better uh, uh, um, scenario or no better strategy than the institutional framework framework uh, uh, agreement. Uh, but well, uh, now it's, it's uh, in it, the it, it was stopped. It was it, it was stopped by by our government, by the federal government. Okay, it's but by- I, I think well, what 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 are uh, what are alternatives? For example, there's discussion about a free trade agreement with mm-hmm. the European mm-hmm. Union. But you have to realize that we don't have a, a MRAs and mutual recognition mm-hmm. agreements, so uh, we have more bureaucracy. Uh, um, uh, we don't have any more the pers- uh, free movement of persons. So it's, it's, it's clearly a disadvantage. Uh, so I think from foreign economic policies, uh, we should have a dynamic relationship with the European Union. And uh, as I said, this institutional framework agreement was the basis for it. Uh, and, and, and now we have these disadvantages also as a, as a, as a, as a business hub because mm-hmm. this unhindered access to the European market is not definitely uh, agreed anymore and guaranteed anymore the next yep. few years. So what we uh, need to do to, to still to, to stay in a, an attractive uh, business location, we have to do uh, reforms within Switzerland. Uh, like, like uh, as as I mentioned in the beginning, really a radical deregulation reform our also our labor market which is now bureaucratized. and um, it's um uh, mm-hmm. we have a huge influence of our unions mm-hmm. um i think it needs it needs a uh, heavy liber, uh, liberal liberal uh, reforms within switzerland to 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 stay uh, more or less attractive
0: okay um and just for my listeners if if, if you don't mind expanding just a little bit in, in terms of the the framework agreement Yes, it was banned, abandoned by Switzerland, by the government, as you say. We currently still have bilateral agreements with the EU. Um, so where are we at the moment with that? It, oh, we
1: still have these uh, this, this agreements, definitely, but they w- will not be updated anymore. So step by step, there's this, we, we say it's an erosion of the bilateral way, uh, bilateral relations. Right. With the European okay. Union says
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, they won't update that, this, all this. Uh, uh uh agreements anymore so the sun still will go up tomorrow for sure uh, yeah. uh, even if the, this uh institution agreement was not signed but the sun will go up probably two seconds later
0: yeah. and
1: today after tomorrow four seconds later so it's a slow erosion and and as i said one of the reasons why we were so successful in in, in the past was this legal certainty and uh, that's not we don't have this legal certainty yeah. 100% anymore of the European Union, and we see it also if the, in the medical sector, because they're heavy relying on on, on on good market access to the European Union, it's their most important market, so what they did, because they, they lost the trust in, in, in our federal government, they started to invest outside Switzerland, uh, foreign mm-hmm. direct in, uh, investment was dramatically increasing, Instead of investing in, its with, in within Switzerland, so we see jobs are created outside Switzerland, not anymore within Switzerland. It's it's not huge uh, so far, but this uh, uh, dynamic will okay. go on. And it,
0: would, it
1: will be a damage for the Swiss location. Okay,
0: the concern is that it may expand. Okay, definitely. definitely. All right. Okay, um, because of Switzerland's unique position in Europe, I'll be fascinated with your response to the, the, this next question. Um, do you think Switzerland is in a stronger negotiating position with the EU since Brexit? If yes, elaborate, if no, shouldn't they be? Effectively, has Brexit caused a weakening of the EU's position across Europe and thus providing strength to the other countries, not strictly part of the Union?
1: No, it's definitely not. I mean, Brexit was a divorce. Uh, meanwhile, Switzerland then, uh wants to have a, a stable, dynamic relationship with the European Union. And <laughs> uh, a, a good relationship with, with uh, UK or with the rest of the world uh, will never replace the, the economic importance of the European Union, although it's a, it lost a little bit of economic weight uh, definitely after, after Brexit. It's still by far the most important, thing, uh, important trading partner and also cultural partner of Switzerland.
0: Right, okay, that's clear enough. Okay, now now let's look at a a sort of a a geopolitical landscape, a a straight question. Um, Where does Switzerland need to focus to gain an improved competitive position on on the global stage?
1: I think what what Switzerland did very well the, the, the last decades, we were trying to do business with almost all the regions in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Besides the uh, stable relationship we had with the European Union, as I said, the most important partner.
0: Yep.
1: Also, for uh, for example, with China, it's our third biggest partner, but also with the United States. But uh, we see these global shifts, we see these increasing mm-hmm. conflicts uh, between the US and, and China. Uh, and the question is, because the Swiss, Swiss government, um, their strategy, if they have a strategy, is more or less modeling through. Let's try to do to be not best friend, but to have good, a good atmosphere, a good mm-hmm. relationship with almost mm-hmm. everybody. And, and probably with this increasing uh, uh, global shifts uh, uh, between also two, two different uh, uh, mindsets. the, the yep the western liberal democracies uh, under under the lead of the united states uh, and the communist uh, system uh, of china probably one day switzerland like europe uh, uh, have to decide which uh, is our closer ally yes. and so far so far our federal authorities didn't give a, com- a convincing answer to that
0: alright and we will wait and see how soon that will come okay on head's talk, we usually end on a um, forward-thinking note. Let's look ahead here. Switzerland has had a long-held position as the negotiator between various powers. We know they were well placed during the Cold War, and um, when the Soviet Union fell, the U.S. arguably became the sole hegemon, and um, therefore the role Switzerland played was, for want of a better word, obsolete. Now. With the rise of China's influence, I mean you've mentioned China quite frequently earlier, but with the rise of their influence on the world stage and effectively becoming an economic superpower on par with that of the of the US and will probably surpass the US in the near future. How do you think Switzerland should position itself to cater for these changes on the world stage? Is there a possibility for Switzerland to regain its world moderator negotiator position? Like it had in the Cold War between the, the, the global box or conflicting powers? If yes, what steps should be taken to enable this? And if no, why not? I think during
1: the Cold War, it was Russia, uh, uh, Russia Soviet Union, not Russia, Soviet Union and the United States mm-hmm. Russian, uh, versus the uh, United States, Western democracies versus uh, uh, Soviet mm-hmm. uh, communist system with the East Bloc countries. Mm-hmm. And um, Switzerland was in the middle, neutral, official neutral, but also part of the Western Hemisphere. And 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 now uh, I think with China and 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 the United States, for sure, Switzerland should play this role of, uh, of moderator, negotiator. But we are absolutely clear: we're part of the West, uh, of the Western liberal uh, uh, system. But nevertheless, uh, Swiss Swiss government has to do everything to To have open access uh, to the Chinese market uh, in the future, and uh, if this uh, conflict is rising uh, between US and China, Switzerland still has to to, to keep the doors open towards mm-hmm. China at the same time as towards to the United States. Mm-hmm. And for that, uh, I can imagine that they will play a crucial role as a negotiator also in the next few years. All
0: right, so, so Switzerland is thinking along those lines. Switzerland is looking to play that role again, yes?
1: Yes, definitely. I think that's also the... Uh, I mean, we see now here with this uh, this summit in, in Geneva between uh, President Biden and President yes. Putin. Uh, and um, Swiss diplomats are uh, one of the global best diplomats, um, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely sure. And they they know how to handle this these businesses. And uh, I think there is, they should pour, put more energy into it because there are not less, there will be not less conflicts the next year years the next decade. There will be more conflicts. So Switzerland yes. can play a crucial. role.
0: That's great. And just and just one one final question, which I may or may not put into the um, episode recording, mm-hmm. and it's really just up the, m- the top of my head because it just yeah. to me. It's that like Switzerland, has, um, its influence has waned uh, a little, and its strength has diminished a little. Why do you think?
1: Because Switzerland, to a certain extent, turned a little. Away from the world, mm. <laughs> which is which is which is horrible. I mean, I mean Switzerland has a, a tradition of being open, and and this renationalization in 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 minds and culture started mm-hmm. here, not in in the UK. So mm-hmm. these neo national conservatives, are th- such a strong power in Switzerland, and also that the, the the unions are really ultra-conservative, also uh, mm-hmm. was national conservative, so this is um, not very healthy combination on, on both sides of the political spectrum.
0: But what, what interests me is that normally when something like that happens, it's because there's a sort of an, an economic decline and people are looking to blame something, but that's not happening here in Switzerland, so it's kind of strange that this is rising.
1: I think I said it during the, the talk, we, we are mis- administering the, the, the present, but we don't create any more, much more new value uh, when you look at economic data. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but we shouldn't compare with neighboring countries. I mean, France is not doing a better job than, than we do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the, the new driving forces are the Asian countries and they're far, far uh, away ahead of us,
0: yeah. Mm. Mm. It's, a, it's sort of like very old. Yeah, we, lo- we
1: lost a little bit of ambition in Switzerland, yeah. Yes, right.
0: yes. Yeah. But it's, you know, it has an opportunity, as we talked about, it has an opportunity to regain a certain position on the world stage. And yeah. it'd be great if it takes that position up. Yeah. Okay, um, I won't take a bit more of your time. I was just curious about that and it just came into my head. So I won't take a bit more of your time. Peter Grunenfelder fascinating discussion today many thanks for your time and insights
1: thank you elaine
0: thanks for joining me today on this episode of heads talk don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website elainepringle.com forward slash heads talk or wherever you get your podcasts finally i'd like to thank our sponsors guests and you for helping to make the show possible please join me next time where i'll be featuring more executives decision makers and heads of multinationals
1: Heads Talk podcast with your host Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.